0: Previously on Transformers University, we took a look at the original stories told by Marvel UK between issues of the Marvel US comics and now we continue that into 1986 as we take a look at three storylines exclusive to Europe right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode 47 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli owner-operator, madman behind tfu.info, the website, the toy archive, for this podcast, and everything involved with tfu.info. Today's episode um, told a little bit of a fib last time. I said we were going to do the Find Your Fate books, or uh, the first three from 1986, and um, I could not find them online, could not find a single one uh, for me to uh, do that with, so I had to order them off of eBay. Uh, they have arrived, but uh, not in time for me to uh, go through them and and dissect them for this show, so that will be for uh, hopefully the next episode. That's my goal, is for episode 48 to have uh, the next three in the Find Your Fate series Uh, That said, I did get a chance to do an exclusive episode for our Patreons over at patreon.com slash tfu info on the story Dinobot War, which was a young corgi book from 1985. It's one of the ones we passed over when doing 1985 because I could not find it online and I just could not get it in hand in time. Um, It's a pretty neat story, and uh, I dissected that book exclusively for our Patreon subscribers, at the $3 and up level. So swing on by patreon.com slash tfu info for that. Um, one more thing, uh, one more bit of housekeeping. Just want to give a big shout out to Sean Ginesco. Uh He is one of our seniors over at the Patreon. Uh, he's a big fan of the show. You know him on Twitter as Donvoy, uh, doing the uh, Don Ferguson uh, versions of the covers of every Transformers comic, and uh, if you're familiar with Don uh, Headmaster Don Ferguson over uh, Radio Free Cybertron, and uh, then you should check out this Twitter feed because it is fantastic. He picked me up a uh, reissue Devastator from Walmart, and he's uh, mailing it to me, and uh, just doing it because he loves loves the show and uh, wanted to send a gift. So uh, I am entirely and totally flattered and floored. And I uh, just want to thank him uh, for that. All right, so today we are talking Marvel UK. Issues 42 through 50. and This is going to cover three separate storylines. And it's actually kind of neat because one is a three-parter, one is a two-parter, and the other is a four-parter. We will get to break down a whole bunch here. And uh, this all takes place between issues 12 and 13 of the U.S. book. So from Optimus Prime... Uh, Autobot killer to uh, the one where they find Megatron, uh, the mobster finds Megatron, and we broke these issues down a while ago. And the first issue we're going to talk about is issue 42, Crisis of Command Part 1, and uh, this one actually came out just at the very end of 1985, uh, December 28th, 1985, and they held it off for the 85 shows because the stories, uh, since it's part of a three-parter, I figured let's... Let's save the entire storyline for one episode. So uh, this still features a lot of the 85 cast. Um, It is written by Mike Collins, who was the artist on those Ladybird books and not uh, the alter ego of Deathlock. Uh, And the art here, and this is an important one, this is the first Transformers book drawn by Jeff Sr. Now, um, Jeff Sr. is a fan favorite. He will go on to draw a lot more U.K. comics uh, as time goes on and he will eventually move over to the U.S. book and um, his art style is certainly one of the definitive comic book art styles for Transformers. Colors here by Steve Whitaker, letters by 1986 NL Cy Young Award winner Mike Scott, edited by Ian Rimmer, and cover by Will Simpson. And uh, a couple of neat things on this cover... It features uh, a blue Blue Streak. So, uh, you know, Blue Streak is gray with some black, uh, though the prototype of the toy and the uh, Diaclone version of the toy was blue with a white hood. And uh, he is actually drawn, and that's why his box art, uh, for that matter, is blue. Uh, he is drawn on the cover here in blue with a white hood. And uh, the title on the cover reads Ravages Resolution. Anarchy in the Ark. So inside this book, the Autobots are fighting, uh, arguing with one another inside of the Ark. Prowl wants Optimus Prime to use the creation matrix to build, quote-unquote, ultimate Autobots. And you kind of get this uh, daydream of Prowls of what these Autobots are going to look like. And they look like a cross between the comic book character Death's Head and Omega Supreme, they have a gun for one hand, they've got a claw on the other. And all throughout this, Ravage is uh, inside the Ark, and he is spying. Optimus Prime rejects this idea, and begins to doubt his own leadership. Ravage notices Prime's troubles, and sets off an alarm, uh, only to be captured by Mirage and Hound. And in this capture sequence, Hound uh, and Mirage, it seems like Mirage is the one with holograms, and once again, this goes to the comic book and the coloring books uh, continued flip-flopping of Hound and Mirage's powers sometimes they get it in line with the cartoon sometimes they don't Uh, I don't know exactly who's wrong here back at Decepticon headquarters Soundwave is in command much to the dismay of Starscream and uh, they have a bit of an argument and then we go back to Autobot headquarters where Ravage escapes and that is basically the entire issue uh, there's not a lot here in terms of story, but it's part one of a three-parter. And um, it is kind of neat to see Starscream get a little bit of his typical characterization because he doesn't really get that in the U.S. book. Um, not for a while. And uh, just not even in general. He's not really the Starscream we know uh, from the cartoon in the comics. He doesn't get a lot of page time. Uh, On to... Issue 43, Crisis of Command, Part 2. And this one features a new writer on the issue, James Hill, who you may remember from the Christmas Breaker in 1985 annuals. Jeff Sr. has the art here. Gina Hill was credited with uh, the colors, but it turns out uh, there's a correction in the later uh, letters page that colors for this story were by John Burns, who was a longtime uh, comic Book Pro uh, in 2006. His most notable work probably is drawing uh, Sable and Fortune for Marvel Comics, and Stuart Place, who uh, was a well-known UK colorist, uh, and that's colorist with a U. Once again, letters by NL Cyung Award winner Mike Scott, and edits by Ian Rimmer. Cover by John Ridgway, and this features uh, Bumblebee all alone on the cover, uh, staring down the barrel of. All of the Decepticons' guns, and there's some characteristic ones here, of Rumble and Frenzy, both red and blue, and um, Soundwave and the Seekers. It, it's a pretty neat, neat looking cover. In the story, uh, Bumblebee realizes that Ravage has escaped and chases after him. He uses his infrared vision to try to find him, and that's another uh, ability that goes back to... Uh, I guess some sort of Bible material, uh, because that's one of those things in the coloring books where Bumblebee has enhanced vision. Um, And then we flash back to find out that uh, B had told Prowl and Optimus about Ravage's escape. And B picks up on Prime's doubts and decides to go after Ravage. We jump uh, back to the present and Prime... He finds Hound and Mirage and wants to know why they aren't chasing after Ravage. Because he told Bumblebee to tell them to go get him. Uh, and he realizes that B is out there alone. Uh, and slowly comes to the realization that this has all been a trap. And B is led into the trap. All the Decepticons versus Bumblebee. And what you get here is a pretty gruesome fight scene. Uh, Skywarp pummels Bumblebee... After he is shot by Laserbeak, uh, Bumblebee tries to escape but is then caught by Starscream. Uh, Back at Autobot headquarters, the Decepticons, they leave a message for the Autobots and drop off Bumblebee's arm. And that is the end of Part 2. So we go on to Part 3. Issue 44. has this sweet cover by jeff anderson man goes into cage cage goes into salsa prime at the mercy of the seekers the subtext reads jet trap with an exclamation point and it's uh sky starscream thundercracker left to right uh and a damaged prime on the ground uh as they point their arm cannons at him uh it's pretty pretty neat uh that's one that doesn't really get uh remembered i guess is the word i mean there's a lot of the u.s covers you know issue five uh the transformers are all dead there's a couple of covers that really do get a lot of love and uh this one does not uh probably because it's a uk book but it really should it is a really sweet looking cover uh right around this one mike collins art this time by john dillard stokes nope you're right that's john stokes Uh, Colors here by Gina Hart and Stuart Place. Letters once again by NLC Young Award winner Mike Scott and uh, edits by Ian Rimmer. This issue starts off with Laserbeak uh, taunting the Autobots to come get Bumblebee. Prowl shoots at Laserbeak and misses. Really should have been Blue Streak shooting at Laserbeak if you know your history from this show. Uh, And Prime takes the challenge and decides to go alone. He realizes that they've been being played this whole time and decides to go at, quote, Whatever the cost. Um, That's a phrase that uh, is going to come back many times. At Decepticon headquarters, the cons are waiting. And Prime drives into an earthquake from Rumble, the red one. Prime decides to play Possum before punching out Rumble, the red one. uh, And just in time for the Seekers to attack and damage Optimus Prime. Starscream gloats, thinks killing Optimus Prime will make him a leader, and this uh, triggers something for Optimus. Optimus then overcomes his doubt. He dares Starscream to kill him. Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty bold panel. A uh, big s- bit of surprise on Starscream's face uh, as Optimus is kind of just staring him down going, so kill me. Uh, it's pretty, pretty epic. Uh, And uh, he then punches out Starscream back at the Decepticon base. Bumblebee continues to have faith in Optimus Prime, but Soundwave asks him, where's your savior now? now? And just then, Prime, he drop, he mic drops a Null Ray at Soundwave's feet, Uh, Starscream's arm cannon just kradesh is the sound effect as it falls on the floor and uh he shoots soundwave punches out laser beam and saves Bumblebee and takes him back to Autobot headquarters there Prime decrees that no and I'm going to quote this one cuz it's going to come back uh later on quote no dedicated Autobot warriors end quote will be made via the matrix uh and that is the creation matrix uh in the comics So that is a a bold statement for Optimus, but probably not a good one for Hasbro if they want to introduce new toys. And that wraps up Crisis of Command, taking us to issue 45, The Icarus Theory, Part 1. This one written by Simon Furman. Art by Barry Kitson. Letters by Richard Starkings. Colors by Gina Hart. Edits by Ian Rimmer. And the cover here by Kev Hopgood, Uh, a a uh, lifelong comic book artist, probably best known for co-creating Marvel's character War Machine. And speaking of Marvel, this story clearly takes place within the Marvel Comics universe, uh, as some previous Transformers books have. Um, so we start out at Roxxon Oil, uh, who... Uh, There's a scientist there who is showing newspaper reports from the Daily Bugle about giant robots and believes their competitor, BlackRock, is behind the robots. Uh, This scientist is named Morris, and he wants Roxxon to fund his uh, experiment for this thing called the neural relay link, uh, which can control robots as well. Uh, The executives are not having it, and... uh, Morris gets fired, but he wants to continue working on his project, so he breaks in after hours and is using this neural relay link with uh, dummy robots. Uh, We cut back and forth to him fishing uh, in a lake, and he finds something in the water. We don't really know what it is, uh, but we have an idea. Uh, Back at the Ark, Prime checks in on Bumblebee's repairs uh, and uh, begins to become the leader that we kind of expect him to be. Back at Morris, back at Mars, well, back at, uh, Mars using Roxxon's gear that he built, uh, you find that he has found something to fly with via this neural link, and he is uh, seeing through its eyes and flying. Uh, while testing it out, he is caught by security, and this thing that he is flying Uh, kills a security guard by accident. Uh, He meant to just punch him. He ends up goring the guy. Finally, we go back to the arc where uh, the Autobots see something coming in and coming in fast. Uh, They think it's a Decepticon attack. They believe it's maybe missiles. And they find out it is Swoop. That's right, Swoop. We thought he was dead. He is not. Now, on to uh, issue 46. Theory Part 2, a couple small changes here, colors this time uh, by Stuart Place, and uh, the cover by uh, Jeff Anderson features uh, Jazz and Wheeljack uh, dodging uh, a very savage swoop. Swoop, back from the dead, and attacking the Autobots? How could this be? Uh Uh, Prime assumes that Swoop is being controlled, and he is correct. He orders the Autobots to use non-lethal force. They try to pin him down, but fail. Um, and during this fight, Optimus decides to order Swoop to transform. This triggers something in Swoop's mind um, to, that allows him to fight for his own mental control back. Um, and in this, Morris decides to call him back to the lab. The Autobots follow from the ground, and Hound mentions that Prime has never met Swoop, which is a little weird since Swoop was on the Ark. Prime says he knew him from Cybertron when he was the head of uh, an aerial strike force. Um, that's weird on its own. Uh, and Swoop's name then was Divebomb, and this is important later on. Not in this episode. <laughs> um, Swoop and Prime, they didn't get along. And he figured the hatred that Swoop had for Optimus would jar him back to himself. Swoop heads back uh, to this lab and is intent on killing Mars. And uh, again, it's another really cool set of panels. You know, I forgot to mention first when they're struggling for control, like it's a it's a splash page of Swoop flying out of Mount Saint Hillary, and uh, it's split by his vehicle mode, and his head is on one side, and Mars in the contraption is on the other, and they're both just screaming mine like the pelicans from Finding Nemo. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a really cool cool page, but yeah, that other page where Swoop's like uh, planning on killing Mars, Mars is just yapping yapping yapping, yapping talking, and Swoop is just deadly silent and just pointing his gun right down on him and morris in this situation is uh regretful he feels he deserves to die and uh, i think that convinces swoop to turn him over to optimus prime uh in the process of this uh swoops begins to lash out at ratchet uh and there's a bit of hand waving here uh there's a lot of story condensed into just a few panels and uh Swoop is uh, corralled and brought back to the Ark for repairs and Morris destroys his machine and is handed over to the authorities for the murder of the security guard. Uh, We find out that Swoop is damaged from four million years in tar pits and uh, he can be repaired, but they believe the other four Dinobots Uh, are suffering from the same damage. This is what had caused Swoop to lash out so uh, uh, ferally and violently that uh, the other four Dinobots are probably in the same state, so they must be found. And that is the end of issue 46. And that takes us to the final story arc we're going to cover in this episode of Transformers University. And that is a four-part story called Dinobot Hunt. Uh, and it's, you know, think about it. We've got four Dinobots left. We've got four issues left. One dino per issue. And away we go. So issue 47. Written by Simon Furman. Art by Will Simpson. Colors by Stuart Place. Letters by Anne Halfacre, And edits by Ian Rimmer. Uh, cover here. Uh, pretty neat. Uh, one-off kind of Transformers appearance of this guy, David Lloyd. Uh, You may know him best as the artist and co-creator on V for Vendetta. Now, this story starts out in the deserts of Nevada. Some soldiers, they find uh, something buried in the sand, and it turns out to be Snarl recharging. And uh, he is about, he uh, lashes out, And he is about to kill one of the soldiers when he is shot by Mirage, who is with Trailbreaker and Brawn. And we flash back to find out that Prime is sending out four teams looking for the four Dinobots. Snarl, he escapes into the desert, which they believe is deserted. But it turns out there is a hidden U.S. military base there. And Snarl attacks the base. Uh, The base defends itself, uh, loses, and evacuates. There, the general at the base, he sets off uh, an experimental bomb. It's what they were working on at the base. It destroys the base and knocks out Snarl. Mirage and company take Snarl uh, into custody. All the while, Laserbeak spying on the whole thing. And that is part one of Dinobot Hunt. Uh, We're going to move fairly quickly through these where we can. So, issue 48, part two of Dinobot Hunt. Writer Simon Furman. Pencils by Barry Kitson. Inks by Mark Griffiths. It's a newcomer to uh, the Transformers universe. He had a brief career in comics. Uh, his only other work was on a series called Andromeda on one uh, short story. Colors, uh, this time by Jeff Anderson. Letters by Annie Halfacre, and edits by Ian Rimmer. And the cover also by Jeff Anderson. I'm battling this jackass on his blog's message board. And this cover features... Uh, sludge uh in the swamp and it actually has the title to slay the swamp thing we begin with a flashback to prowl building the teams to find the dinobots and gears windcharger and cliff jumper sent to find sludge in northern california interesting that three minibots are being sent to take down uh what is arguably the largest dinobot now at a cabin on the river two men are swapping tails And an unseen Decepticon threatens them, wanting to know the location of the Dinobot. Sludge has been found by a reporter uh, named Joy Meadows. I'm wondering if her name is a Honeymooners reference, by the way, Uh, since we've seen them in the stories before. uh, The two lead actresses on that series were Audrey Meadows and Joyce Randolph. If you uh, portman to their names, you can make uh, Joy Meadows. The Decepticons then continue their path of destruction and the local authorities find the Autobots and believe that they were the ones responsible for this destruction and attack the Autobots. Uh, Cliffjumper, Gears, and Windcharger uh, do their best to not injure the humans while defending themselves. Uh, Cliffjumper actually uses his glass gun here, uh, which is pretty neat. Turns a boat into an an entirely glass uh, boat and makes a silly joke about glass bottom boats. Uh, but then they hear Sludge under attack and race to investigate. Sludge is down and the three Autobot minibots get shot because the Decepticons have laid an ambush and they win. And we find out that the mystery Decepticons are Soundwave, Skywarp, and Scavenger. Now, on to issue 49, Dinobot Hunt Part 3. And, uh... This one features a cover, really interesting cover by Jeff Sr. of uh, Jetfire still wearing his Decepticon badge trying to wrangle in slag. Writing on this issue, Simon Furman, art by Will Simpson, letters by NL Cy Young Award winner Mike Scott, colors by Stuart Place, and edits by Ian Rimmer. And the Decepticons arrive in Idaho uh, and they're not looking for potatoes, they are looking for Dinobots. It's interesting here that Soundwave identifies himself as acting commander of the Decepticons and finds a damaged Decepticon insignia on the ground. He also finds a damaged laser beak and plays him back, and this is how we find out the rest of the story in Flashback. There are a pair of humans trying to wrangle Slag uh, for destroying their uh, ranch, the Autobots, they arrive in a shuttlecraft. Jazz, Ironhide, and Jetfire with the wrong um, badge still. And Ironhide uh, doesn't trust Jetfire yet. This is So this is prior to him receiving the right of the Autobrand uh, that we saw in the U.S. comics. The human, uh, he gets on top of Slag, uh, sits on his head, and tries to shoot him with a shotgun straight to the head. Uh, that does nothing but anger Slag a bit more. The Autobots intervene, uh, Jetfire from the air. Ironhide and Jazz, they're riding the Marb, M-A-R-B, uh, you may remember that from, uh, the Ratchet storyline that introduced the Dinobots in the U.S. comics. Uh, it's basically like a little flying, uh, flying little deck, uh, flight deck, uh, hovercraft, if you will. Now, there's an interesting fight here. Uh, Jetfire, he grabs Slag by the horns, as illustrated on the cover, and Jazz rescues uh, the humans involved and passes them uh, to Ironhide. This is the one that's riding uh, Slag. Then he goes to reach for his flamethrower, which is stored in his hip, and it's uh, neat seeing Jazz um, trying to use his flamethrower. We rarely, if ever, get to see that uh, in either the cartoons or the comics. Um, But he's too slow, and he gets uh, hit with Slag's flames from his mouth. Jetfire, then uh, on the defensive of a charging Slag, gets gored through his Decepticon symbol. Just then, Laserbeak gets caught by Ironhide. Uh, Ironhide stuns him and then tosses him to Jetfire, who shoves him in Slag's mouth just before Slag is about to unleash some more fire, both knocking out Laserbeak... And Slag. So the Autobots retrieve Slag, and then we flash forward once again to present day, and Soundwave plans to kill the three mini bots that they had captured in the previous issue. Back at the Ark, there's a distress call from Canada. Uh, the team up there, which is uh, consisting of Blue Streak, Huffer, and Sideswipe, are severely damaged and in need of assistance. And that takes us to the final story we are going to cover today on Transformers University Final. Issue of the comic so far for a while. Issue 50, Dinobot Hunt, Part 4. The final part, written by Simon Furman, art by Barry Kitson, letters by Annie Halfacre, Creek, colors by Stuart Place, edits by Ian Rimmer, and an art assist here by a gentleman of the name, Tim Perkins. Now, he will go on to have a long career in comics and uh, currently runs a company called Wizards Keep Limited. You can find them online at www.wizards-keep.com. And the cover here by John Higgins features uh, Grimlock and Sludge fighting uh, in the snow. And uh, that's kind of a a bit of foreshadowing for what we're going to see. So Sideswipe, he tells of Blue Streak's and Huffer's fall, uh, and eventually his own, uh, as he hopes his distress signal got through. We find Grimlock and Sludge fighting through a place called Dunestown and are creating a lot of collateral damage. The Decepticons, they're going to watch, and uh, Scavenger has created some sort of mind-control device uh, to use Sludge to attack Grimlock. Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and Ratchet, they arrive, and Bumblebee goes looking for how Sludge got there. He notes that he has eight other senses uh, when he's having a hard time finding how Sludge got there. So does that mean the Transformers have nine senses? Uh, As opposed to the standard 5. That is something worth exploring uh, on the internet eventually. So Bumblebee, he does uh, find something. uh, But they don't really tell you what just yet. Optimus holding uh, Grimlock and Sludge fight uh, to a small little body of water. Prowl arrives in the shuttlecraft and crashes it into the water. This knocks out Grimlock but makes Sludge angrier. Turns out Bumblebee has found uh, an Autobot shuttlecraft with these fellow minibots inside, uh, the three that the Decepticons have captured, and a thing called the Sonic Lance, which is uh, controlling sludge and is Scavenger's invention, uh, we mentioned earlier. Bumblebee believes it is booby trapped, so he decides to uh, rescue his friends and then blow up uh, to take it out from a distance. Uh, This blows up the ship and he is right. Sludge is freed from the control of the Decepticons and Ratchet uh, finds Blue Streak and believes he can get him and Huffer and Sideswipe repaired if they can get them back to the base in time. However, Soundwave, he claims victory as the Decepticons finish a raid on a nearby oil plant. Optimus Prime can hear Soundwave gloating and uh, is not happy the end and so ends Dinobot Hunt you know I really dug this uh four-part epic that we just recapped um it's kind of fun seeing uh our old friends in stories that uh may not be terribly familiar to us so uh this one's actually Dinobot Hunt's been reprinted a bunch of times the art's great uh, it's it's really good uh really consistent too Uh, despite it being a number of different artists. Um, So if you can catch one of the reprints, I know IDW did them a few years back. You can totally buy them on Amazon. You can use our Amazon links to go for them. uh, TFU.info/Amazon. If you pick it up, I'll kick back a few coins uh, my way and uh, help us keep this show going. And in fact, I'm going to tweet out some links to this on the Twitter account. So uh, check out the Twitter. It is at tfu underscore info. And, of course, you can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tfuinfo, instagram.com slash tfuinfo, and please, if you'd like to join our Patreon, as mentioned earlier, uh, patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Next time on the show, we're going to do some Find Your Fate, Junior. Um, I promise. (laughs) I know I said it last time. I mean it this time because I have the books in hand. As we continue through 19. 86 and march on towards the centerpiece of the original series transformers the movie so until next time see ya